And the reading is taken from John's Gospel. It's chapter 21, verses 18 to 25. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that the disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Thanks, Paul, very much indeed. Let's just have a prayer together. God, our Father, we pray that as you've given us the privilege of worshipping you in freedom, so now you would help us to understand your word, and more than that, to go out and live it in the world you came to save. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if I could borrow um, three or four children just for a couple of minutes. Yep, go on there. One, two, three. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Goodness, that was quick. Can I get you out, out here? Don't fall over the guitars. Great. Good, good, good. Stand there. Lovely. Face that way. Super. Now, you've all played Simon Says before, haven't you? You know the, the basic rules. If I say Simon Says, do something, you do it. If I don't say Simon Says, you don't do it. Can we see how good you are? Yes? Great. It's not a competition. There's no prizes or anything, but just, just have a go. And you're bound to be better than I would be. Right, Simon Says, jump up and down. Stop. Okay, Simon Says, clap your hands above your head. Simon Says, rub your tummy with your left hand at the same time. Okay, Simon says stop. Simon says sit down. Simon says stand up. Simon says sit down. Simon says stand up. Sit down. Uh, okay, well done. Thank you very much. Do go and have a seat. Actually, family service sermons should really be dead simple so that the adults have a chance to understand them and remember them. And if you get that, and if you get what I say at the very end, then we'll be home and dry, okay? doesn't mean you can doze off in the middle, but that's where we're going. There are like two bookends. All they had to do was to do as they were told, yes? Providing it was Simon Says. And this morning we're looking at discipleship. 
because Jesus said, follow me. He says it in John's Gospel, chapter 21. He says it in verse 19, and he says it again in verse 22. He's saying it to Peter. Well, Peter, who was always Simon to Jesus, because Peter was like his, his title. I, I've just signed the register book, and uh, so I signed it. And because it's a church, and I was being a bit formal, I signed my name, and then I put Dwayne de Jersey, which is my official title back in that southern outpost of the Church of England. I have to say, Jesus never thinks of me as the Dean of Jersey. Bob will do nicely. And for Peter, Peter was his title on this rock, I'll build my church. But when Jesus spoke to him, it was always Simon. So you can't hide behind all the letters before or after your name when you're speaking to Jesus because he just knows you as you. And that's actually quite good, isn't it? Because he knows everything about you and loves you and forgives you, loves me and forgives me just as we are. That's the starting point for our relationship with Jesus. And he says, well, follow me. It's not the first time he said that in John's Gospel. Now, you've been going right the way through John's Gospel here at St. Andrews, so I know you know that. But it all started with Philip. Ah, wrong Philip. But it did all start with Philip. Let's try the next one, William. I can't promise, actually, he looked like that. But it started with Philip... When Jesus tells him in chapter 1 and verse 43, follow me. And the first thing Philip does, and he spends the rest of his life doing it, is he runs off and finds Nathanael. And he says to Nathanael, hey, we found the Messiah. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to share your faith with people, and their first response is not promising. If so, Philip would understand. Because Philip says to Nathaniel, we found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel, politically correct, says, huh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's what you guys might say about Cambridge. It's, it's that, kind of, that kind of thing. It wasn't a, a good relationship, so that, so that was it. But actually then he meets Jesus and he starts following him and Both Philip and Nathaniel spend the rest of their lives following Jesus and telling everybody else they can meet without him. So Philip finds Nathaniel. And to both of them, Jesus says, follow me. Now, it's a strange thing to say. We know 2,000 years later that being a Christian is all about following Jesus. But I guess those first ones had some questions, didn't they? I mean, follow me, really? Not believe this or believe that, but follow me. Not go to the temple more or go to the synagogue more or here's another list of commandments but follow me. Really? Is that what it's about? Because it's relational, isn't it? It's about following the real person of Jesus of Nazareth. Well, where? I mean, if you're following, you quite want to know where you're going, don't you? Any of you knew you sat nav and occasionally trust it? I mean, last time we were in France, we used Satnav and it said, turn right. So Daphne said to me, it said, turn right. I said, I can't, it's a staircase. <laughs> you quite like to know where you're going, don't you, that you, you've put in the destination. Well, Jesus didn't tell them that. 
why? Why are we following you? Well, John the Baptist had given them some ideas. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But what on earth did that mean? And for how long? I mean, is this a six-month engagement? Is this, well, what is this? And we know all the answers to those things now. But when Jesus first said to Philip and Nathaniel, and then to the other disciples, follow me, they hadn't a clue of the answers to any of those questions. And that was the biggie. So what's so special about you? Why are we following you? For how long are we following you? Where are we going? It all boils down to what's so special about you. And that's what John's gospel is all about. He just tells us in that last verse that was read to us that he's writing this so that we can believe. Um, for the theologians present, you'll know that we often say we've got four Gospels. Previous principal of Wycliffe Hall down the road there used to say, no, you haven't, you've got one. That's St. Mark. Matthew is all about how Jesus is the Messiah. Luke is an orderly account written by an investigative journalist. And John is an evangelistic tract to get people to believe. And that's what John's gospel is about. So when he shows us all the things about Jesus that you've been doing in the last few weeks, all about the I am's, well, that's what they learned who Jesus was. What's so special about you? Well, I'm as basic as the bread of life. Um, If you live near Jersey, France is the mainland. My English colleagues keep saying to me, what's it like in the island? Because here in the mainland, well, if you're in Jersey and you walk the dog at St. Catharines, you can't see England, but you can see France. And France is the mainland. And if you go on holiday to France, gentlemen, what do you do first thing in the morning? You brush up your schoolboy French, you drive to the boulangerie, When you get into the village, you can smell it, can't you? It's that gorgeous, amazing, fresh-baked bread. Well, says Jesus, I'm as basic as the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. In the midst of the darkness that we still experience now, with every news story, I'm the light of the world. And then he has two about shepherding. If you were out on the hillside, then there were communal sheep pens. You just move the hurdles round and the shepherd lay across the front. So he said, well, I'm the gate. I'm the way you come in and out of God's sheepfold. Oh, and I'm the good shepherd. When you get lost, guess guess who goes find you? Guess who's prepared to give up his life so that you might be found eternally in God our Father? And I'm the resurrection and the life. As that great preacher, Dick Lucas, put it once, there was death, never lost a battle. And on Good Friday and Easter Day, death nil, Jesus won. It's great, isn't it? I'm the resurrection and the life. You know, if he wasn't the resurrection and the life, guys, we wouldn't be here this morning, would we? I mean, what would be the point What would be the point if he was just a dead teacher in a tomb somewhere in the Middle East? Loads of those around. But there's only one who's the resurrection and the life. That's why he says he's the way, the truth, and the life. The way to go 
no intellectual problems that can't be answered in Jesus, and the life, something that lasts forever. And in case you think he's forgotten the Old Testament, he says he's the true vine. The great image of Israel, Jesus is fulfilling all of that and then leading us forward in good news that envelops the world. And the story reaches its climax. When he dies and when he rises and when he calls again to his disciples, follow me. I won't ask you to put your hands up because it might be embarrassing. But I wonder if we honestly said, please put your hand up if you think sometimes as a Christian you're a failure. My guess is, beginning with the preacher, most hands in this church would go up, wouldn't they? And that's lovely because that's why we have Peter in the Bible, I'm convinced. Peter knows all about failure. He knows a lot about faith too. He really wanted to trust Jesus. He said, even if everybody else runs away, I'll be there. And then he couldn't do it. He promised everything and delivered nothing. Actually, that's a bit hard. Even by going to the high priest's house, he got further than most of the disciples. But his faith and his failure go hand in hand. That's why Jesus takes him on one side, as you were learning last week. And after that breakfast on the beach, asks him those three questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Am I really your friend? Then he tells him, look after the church. And in the original, it's three different words for sheep. Look after my adult sheep. Look after my middle sheep. Look after my teeny-weeny baby lambkins. That's not an exact translation of the Greek, but it's near enough. In other words, the only church that Jesus came to lead and to love is a church that reaches every generation. That's why it's great to have St. Andrew's as a multi-generational Christian family because that's the way Jesus commanded Peter to build his church. But this follow me bit didn't sound very easy. Did you read it? We pick up the story where Jesus is telling Peter, this is how it's going to end. You're not going to die nice and happy in your bed, surrounded by your great-grandchildren. That's not the end of the line. But you must follow me. So Peter looks round, and he can't help but seeing the other disciple with whom he ran to the tomb. You did that last week, didn't you? There's, there's John, young, fit, and there's Peter, built a bit like me, more for comfort than speed, I always imagine Peter. But they go together, and he looks around and says, well, okay, Jesus, what are your plans for him? And Jesus said, what does it matter if my plan is that he remains alive till I come? 2,000 years and counting. And then our English Bible said, what is that to you? You must follow me. The original is much simpler. It says simply, you follow me. There's an emphatic you in there. 
Remember those First World War One posters? No, I don't mean were you there, but Kitchener, was it? Pointing the finger, you, follow you, your country needs you. Well, it's not that accusatory finger that Jesus points, not at all. It's actually a loving plan that says, do you know what? When I said that my yoke was easy, which means tailor-made, specially, individually for you, that's what I meant. There is a discipleship path for you and me in church this morning that is individually and gloriously different from the path for everybody else but which builds up into a fantastic picture. Anybody love doing jigsaws? Great. Then you'll understand this perfectly, won't you? Every piece, gloriously individual, wonderfully special, its own colors and design that it fulfills its own destiny as it's part of the glorious whole. And that's what discipleship's all about. You follow me. Don't worry about the plans for anybody else. You follow me. And this is what happens when people do it. Because it is all gloriously different. I just picked a few up here, and you'll see them come up. Well, we had to start with Jameson, didn't we? It's, it's his baptism. And you couldn't possibly have today without Andrew. And you can't watch television without Mary Berry. Hercule Poirot, David Suchet. Great. If you, if you want, if you drive long distances in cars, get his version of reading the Bible. It'll feed your soul. And, and that's um, Gary Grant, I think, the, the guy who founded the entertainer toy chain. They never opened on Sundays, and the profits are going wonderfully. Those who honor me, I will honor, says God, and he does. They all have the plans that God has for them in their following. So to each of us, you may not be a great cook, you may not be a great actor, you may not be as young as Jameson, you may think, goodness, I'm 63, how many years have I got left? Here's what Jesus says to each and every one of us. Come, follow me. He's not bothered about the past. He's bothered about where you follow him from here on in. But if you're like me, you think, oh, but suppose I've missed the best past. Suppose I've missed my place and, and my jigsaw bit doesn't fit the picture anymore. Do you know, God is the greatest one for having a plan B ever. It doesn't matter what screw-ups we've made as disciples of Jesus. The question is, from today, do we follow him? Oh, yes, and if we get it wrong tomorrow, do we still follow him? From the beginning of John's gospel to the very end, you follow me. Amen.